So the word epiphany means to reveal. And you, if you listen closely, you hear in a lot of the prayers, some of the songs today, a whole lot about light. And we're going to hear that at the very end of today's liturgy as well. Why? Because what does light do? It shines on us and it reveals. The opening prayer that I, I prayed for all of us uh, really kind of sets the tone and tells us really what the significance of this day is all about. So this is how it began. O God, who on this day revealed your only begotten Son to the nations by the guidance of a star. Now, what we've got to realize is up to this point in the story, in the Christmas story, you know, as we tell it every year, Jesus, the Son of God, has only been revealed to Jews. Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the people in Bethlehem. It's the coming of these foreign magi that symbolizes something even greater, that God has now revealed himself to all nations, to all peoples. And Paul picked up on that in our second reading as well. God has come for all of us. Now, this is something maybe we take for granted, but this is really, really good news, because I'm going to just guess that most of us here are not of Jewish heritage, okay? We're of the nations, the Gentiles. This is good news. This means that God has revealed his Son to us. That's why we're here this morning. Let's not take that for granted at all. But I'm hoping that we have something else in common with these magi, something more than the fact that we have maybe non-Jewish ancestry. And I hope it's this, that we share their heart. There's something beautiful about the Magi. I think why that story, this story is always so appealing to us, because these guys are seekers, right? They are earnest. They're willing to go almost to the ends of the earth to, to find what it is that they're, they're looking for. They're out there seeking and searching. And what I'm hoping for, all of us here today, is that we're seekers, that our hearts are, are, are like stirred up and restless, that we would be willing to go on a crazy road trip to find whatever the it is, whatever's stirring our hearts. And hopefully it leads us to Jesus. See, this is a story for seekers. Maybe some of us have come here today really looking for something. Maybe some of us come like, I don't know, I just always come. May our hearts all be stirred. May we always be seeking and looking. These guys were brilliant. They were not only religious, they're probably priests of some sort, but they're also philosophers. They were scientists. They could read the stars. Absolutely brilliant. But you know what? That was not sufficient. That wasn't sufficient. Now, God had given them all of that knowledge, and God had placed that quest in their heart, just like as God has put a quest in all of our hearts. But see, that, wouldn't, that alone, that doesn't lead them to Jesus and that's where we start to get at the point of this story. It's not about the fact that these guys were brave enough to follow that star. It's about how God was leading. It's all about Him. From that star to the Holy Scriptures and eventually to the Savior, God is leading. It's all His grace. He's the one who's revealing. He's the one who's epiphanying to them and to us. If we're seeking we will find God reveals himself to us. You're going to hear me pray later on as we enter into the Eucharist, a couple of different prayers. You came in, the mercy, in mercy to the aid of all so that those who seek might find you. And a little later after that, remember those who take part in this offering, those gathered here before you, all of us, your entire people, and all who seek you 
with a sincere heart. That's the good news of this feast day for us. That if we are seeking, this God reveals himself to us. Now, the beautiful irony of it, though, is that when he does it, he often does it in unexpected ways and in unexpected places, right? The Magi set out, and they go to the logical place. They go to Jerusalem. They're looking for the king of the Jews. They go to the capital city, to Jerusalem. It was the great city where King David was once king, and it's a dead end. Or it would have been a dead end, except there, the fake king, his name is Herod, calls together the scribes and the chief priests, and they actually look at God's word, the Holy Scriptures, and the prophet Micah says, oh, no, 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 the Savior, the Messiah, the King of the Jews is going to come from Bethlehem, where King David was once born. Now, again, this is not what they would expect. This would be like if, if we said, hey, we're going on a trip to Chicago, and we end up in Wakarusa, right? Sleepy, podunk little town, right? No offense to you people from what would you be called, Wakarusians maybe, or I don't know. Okay, you know, no offense to you, but you kind of get the point, right? This is not what we would expect. But having heard this word from God, they head out from Jerusalem, and all of a sudden the star that they had seen in the east when it rose went before them until it rests over the place where the child was, and then you get again the heart of these magi. I love, this is one of my favorite parts. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. You cannot translate this Greek into English. It's so repetitive and powerful. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and then going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. Going into the house? I mean, it wasn't a house like this one. The White House? No, not like that. Those of you who love, you know, Anglophiles among us, not Buckingham Palace, not this place. Any of you have ever been to Biltmore in North Carolina? No, none, nothing like that. No, no, just an ordinary Jewish peasant home. They go into the house, not what they expected. But there he was, the one they were looking for. And then we're told this, going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, And they fell down and they worshipped him. And then opening their treasures, they offered their gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. This is the most incredible thing about this story. Here you've got these magi, these foreigners, these seekers, and they come into this house and they worship a peasant, baby, Jewish boy on the lap of his mother. What? I don't expect that. And they open their hearts to him. They open their treasures to him. They give him extravagant gifts. They worship him. They give him these gifts. They're treating this little baby boy like he is God. He is. This child is God. This child with Mary, his mother. Now that's an interesting detail too. Almost kind of unnecessary, isn't it? This child with Mary, his mother. I mean, he's a child. He's a baby. Of course his mother was there taking care of him. Why does Matthew tell us that? Because God reveals himself through Mary. It is through Mary that the invisible God becomes visible. It is through Mary that God, who is spirit, takes on a body like what you and I have. It is through Mary that God enters into our humanity. It is through Mary that God makes his epiphany. He reveals himself. 
I don't know if you've noticed this before, but in our church is the very scene the Magi saw when they came into the house. Right here. There's the child with Mary, his mother. And one of the reasons why it's here is to remind us as we enter in, we come here week after week to do what the Magi did. We come to worship Him, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And the thing that I love about this icon is that it's pointing, Mary is pointing us to Jesus. It's as if she's saying to all of us as we come in here, look to my son. If you are seeking, if you're looking, whatever it is, it's stirring up your heart, look to my son. Look to Jesus. That's why we're here. Now, if we're Christians and if we come to church every week, we'd say, yeah, I know that. I expect that. I mean, that's why I came. I came because I want to hear Jesus speak to me in his word. I came because I want to receive Jesus in this holy sacrament. I came because I want to open up my heart. I want to open up my treasure. I want to worship Jesus. We came so that we can rejoice exceedingly with great joy that our God is here among us. And then we'll leave after a little while, right? We'll go. And I would, if I were to ask you, well, where are you going? you would say, well, you know, we're doing this, this, whatever. But eventually you would tell me, well, I'm going to my house. And what if we today, starting today, just change our thinking on that a little bit? Instead of saying, I'm going to my house or we're going to our house, what if we all of a sudden began to say, we're going to his house? And that would kind of change things, wouldn't it? What if when you leave this place today, and you enter into that familiar place where you live, what if you go there still seeking, still looking for him? And as you go there, you find him, that he's doing an epiphany in your house. He's revealing himself to you. We might not expect that, would right? But he does that. He shows himself to us in unexpected places, and in unexpected ways. Those of you who are our guests, this year we've got, had this theme called Family Matters. And we've been talking a lot about the family. And we've been talking about the church and that there's two kinds of churches, or I could say two kinds of houses. The first one, as our logo shows, is the one we think of when we think of church. We expect this, right? Our church, our house here as the Trinity family. And we expect God to reveal himself to us here. But there's also this other one, your house, my house, where you live, your household. And in that place, Jesus also reveals himself to us. Do we recognize that and do we see it? Or do we just sort of eat and sleep and hang out there if we're ever there? I mean, we live such busy lives, we're hardly ever home anyway. But, but when we are there, do we recognize and see that he, he's there, he's present among us? And I know as I bring this up, for some of us, home is not a happy place. It's filled with a lot of conflict and pain, maybe. maybe. Maybe it would make a difference if we would begin to recognize that he's there. He's revealing himself to us. You know what Jesus said, right? Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there with them. 
Is that not the definition of a Christian family where two or three or more are gathered in my name? And for those of you who are single and you live by yourself, he's there with you too. You don't live alone. Your Lord and your God lives there in that place with you. So if what I'm saying is true, then what the Magi saw and what the Magi did is what we do then as we enter into that house, into your house, my house, as we enter in, we go there to worship. Have you ever thought of your house as a place of worship? But we must, we must, friends. We've got to read the Holy Scriptures. Maybe this needs to be your New Year's resolution. If you aren't in that, in that mode right now, you're reading the Holy Scriptures each and every day, make that your New Year's resolution because this is how Jesus speaks to you. And in your house, use God's name, not to swear. Use God's name to talk to Him personally, intimately. You know him. He has revealed himself to you. It's called prayer. Pray. And in our house, in your house, my house, we share, we open up our hearts and we open up our treasures to him by opening up our hearts and our treasures to each other, to the people that we live with, to the people that we invite into our house, and even to the people on the outside of our house, but we take what we've got and we share it with those who are in need. Again, maybe some of you, we know, okay, yeah, God's with us and he's in our, okay, we get it, Pastor. No, but where we've got to grow, the spiritual life, friends, is all about growing in awareness, just becoming more and more conscious. No, he is here in living with us. And if we would become more aware of him living in our houses, then how might that affect what we watch? Or how we speak to each other. Or how we treat each other. How about you kiddos who are here this morning? Knowing that Jesus is there in your house, does that maybe affect how you treat your brothers and sisters? How about spouses? As we, how we talk to each other. How we treat each other, right? So, This is why I wanted to give every household one of these cards. If you didn't get one on the way in, please grab one on the way out. And if there's extras and you want to take another one, please feel free to do that. This is why I wanted you to have this, though. So that you could have the same picture, the icon that we have here in this house, you could have it in your house. And just like what Mary is doing, she's pointing to her son Jesus. What I would ask of you is to take this and put it in a place So that as you enter into your house, as you live your daily life there, it would point you to Jesus. It would remind you, he lives here. He, it's not my house, it's not our house, it's his house. He's the Lord. He lives here. He's revealing himself to us here. That what the Magi saw so many years ago, it's the Son of God come in the flesh, that Son of God lives here. As you go home today, and you walk through your door, and you enter into the house. May you rejoice exceedingly with great joy. Your God, your God is revealing himself to you there. 